This is a Mr. Thrive Media production. Hi folks, I'm Joel Volk and welcome to Small BizCast, where twice a month I explore the lives of small business owners that dig a bit deeper and expose strengths, weaknesses, ideas, and challenges, blemishes and all. Today's guest is Renee Noy of WorkWise Law. Renee and I will workshop a problem surrounding employees and the changing laws we in small business need to know. You know, those laws that keep you up at night. As a small business person, you will find comfort in knowing that you are not alone. Hopefully, you'll learn something while finding inspiration and ideas from the people I introduce you to, like Renee. Hopefully, you'll laugh a little too. Hot dog, it's a wonderful life. You cannot put a podcast like this together without a great production team. Mr. Thrive Media, thank you. Happens to be run by someone I'm close with, my son. So it makes me extra proud to spend this time working together to produce a product like this. But your professionalism, your organization, your attention to detail, and your knowledge makes me a very proud father and a very good customer. MrThriveMedia.com. Ask for Charlie and tell him Joel sent you. I'm really excited to introduce you to Renee Noy of WorkWise Law. Renee is an expert in labor law, and as exciting as that may seem, she adds a good amount of energy and humor to what she does. We have a great conversation solving a problem brought to us by Phil G, a person who emailed us a question about vacation wage and hours for his clients. So without further ado, I want to bring you Renee Noy of WorkWise Law. Thanks. So I wanted to be my own boss. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, Alexis, so we were talking about, you know, what we could do because she decided she wanted to do something with me. And we decided that since we knew what makes a good plaintiff, having sued companies for so many years, that we could be really effective getting companies to uh, to prevent litigation. So yeah. have all the protective measures. She was a labor lawyer. Yeah, well. we worked together. Oh, I see. Yeah, we've been friends for many, many, many years. So you were at the same firm? Yeah, she brought me in. Oh, wow. Yeah, and on the plaintiff side in Calabasas. Uh-huh. And uh, and so, yeah, so we were so excited to, to start yeah, our own firm. Cool. And it took about a year to get this all going. And then we launched on February 1st, 2017. Oh, wow. And we just celebrated our three-year anniversary. Congratulations. We went to the Four Seasons. <laughs> That's what <laughs> so we do. A lot of growth, right? Incredible growth. It's really been an unbelievable three years. Right. Yeah. That's great. Three of the best years. So that was a very short story. Okay. I, I, well, I could have elaborated because I didn't tell you about how it, I thought about opening up a clothing store or right. I wasn't sure, but I could have gone through all of the uh, machinations gotcha. of it, but gotcha. I just okay. cut the chase all on right. that. Just in case you're wondering what long story versus short story is, <laughs> that was not Okay. Good to know. <laughs> One of the reasons I wanted to start the podcast is because all I do is talk to small business people. And right. when I really get going with them, we, we kind of commiserate. We talk about the problems that we have. And a lot of times it's la- it's employee related. What? Right. <laughs> employees are the best things ever. Right. Well, they are. You can't grow your business without them. Typically, no. And and I can tell you that the that every business I know that's successful has key people that are extraordinary. Correct. But tell me if I'm wrong. The employers live with a certain degree of fear of the power that the employees have over them. Yes. And they don't like to say that out loud. That is true. Right. You know what I find is that in California, we have at-will employment, which means you can hire and fire for any reason at any time, right? That sounds so empowering and so wonderful, but it's really not true (laughs) because, but but to a certain extent, it can be true. Mm -hmm. Um, I always try to empower the employers because they are terrified to get rid of people. And I've heard crazy stories of, you know, these toxic, 
horrible employees are basically running the business right. and the employers are home, you know, in bed in fear right. of coming to work. Paralyzed. They, they, yeah, they're paralyzed. They hate right. their jobs because these employees have taken over. Right. They have no control over their business. And I'm here to bring that back, to bring that power back, because it's true that it, there's a there's it's a really hard balancing act, because on one hand, absolutely, it's at will employment. On the other hand, you cannot fire if it could be somehow uh, put into a category of a protected class. So so if you fire somebody because of their race, or their color, their religion, which every employer I say that to, they're like, I would never right. fire for that reason. But but the problem is, is that even if you fire for a legitimate reason, they're insubordinate, they have an attitude, they don't know how to perform, they're, you know, they're coming in late every day, and then you fire them for that reason, it's always going to come back on the other side of saying, well, no, you fired me because you know I'm gay, or because I'm, you know, Latino, or, or you know, Christian or whatever it is. And and if you can even make that argument, you're going to have a whole slew of plaintiff's lawyers that are going to jump all over it. And now, so, you have a, now you have a claim. So I used to give my friends advice saying, just don't give a reason. The decision's been made for you to leave the company. Well, that does that leave me wide open for... It does. It does. So, there's, so that's bad advice. <laughs> well, there's... you know, This there's... is why I don't answer these questions <laughs> myself because I, that's, because I, I always thought if you give a reason, then that's contestable. If I say you're not effective, they can say, well, I'm more, con- I'm more effective than my colleague. So, so it's it's really complicated. Whenever I draft a termination letter, mm-hmm. I always think of it. I think of it for two reasons. One is for the plaintiff's lawyer to look at, because once they file a claim and the first thing you do is they ask for the personnel file, that termination letter will be in the personnel file. So I'm not writing it for the person. I don't care about the employee looking at the termination letter and understanding why they were terminated. I care about the plaintiff's lawyer. And I also look at it as, as exhibit A in the lawsuit. Right. You know, so that's how I look at these termination letters. You want to kind of because here's the thing. As a former plaintiff's lawyer, when an employee walks into your office, right, they say, I was terminated because, you know, I'm, you know, whatever, pick your protected class. I'm I'm Native American and, and this employer hates Native Americans. And that's why I was fired. And I, you know, as a plaintiff's lawyer, especially, you know, me, I'm like so passionate <laughs> on that side, too. I was like, oh, my God, it's terrible. Let's let's get a claim going, you know, right. and it's like, well, tell me, what did they say to you that made you think that they discriminated against you? Why do they hate Native Americans? Oh, it's horrible. And they made these statements. Oh, my God, tell me everything. So you do all you know, you take everything that the person says at face value. Right. And then you want to file your claim. So you write a letter to the to the person, you know, to the company and, and let them know that you're, you're going to, you know, considering bringing a claim and you want their personnel file. Well, what you don't know is the other side of it because you you don't have any other information to go on. So then all of a sudden the employer is like, whoa, first of all, I didn't even know she was Native American. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is like, and, and actually my grandmother is Native American. I right. married a Native American. Right. Like I love the Native Americans and that's absolutely nothing to do with it. This person's a terrible, terrible employee and here's the reasons why. Well, as soon as you get that personnel file and right. you look at the termination letter and it says, oh yeah, by the way, she was late every day for the last 30 days and we have documentation to support that. And oh yeah, she had a horrible attitude problem and would yell at all the other employees and we have declarations to support that that just goes so far so that's why i think you should always outline because you're just you just want to like get this as minimally you know um you want as minimal exposure as you can possibly have how many people do that do what documents (laughs) you know what Honestly, thank goodness, not a lot, because this is why we have so much work. <laughs> if everybody did what right. they needed to do, there wouldn't be as many claims. Because I used to make calendar entries. I used to just put on the calendar. You know, I used to put the name of the person incident. And so then I could do a search by that name of the person and then incident. And they would all come up in the calendar. And how many times were you sued? Time, 
I was never sick. Well, there you go. Was never, <laughs> that was my point. But I lived, but I lived in fear of being. Of course, sick. as I, you should be. But yeah. you know what? That's actually I. I tell all my right. all my clients have some form of documentation. Right. You know, people are so busy, and this is this is the problem: is that employers get so um, they're just. When you run a company, especially a small company, this is why I feel so passionate about it is because when you have a company, they're just trying to make money. You know, they're just they're trying to do the right thing. They're just trying to bring home a paycheck. They're trying to, you know, provide for their families. And the last thing they want to deal with is employee issues. So it's such like a side thing that they just you know, they're just they're just they're like thinking about bottom line and strategy and, you know, how they're going to make it up, you know, a good place to work you know, just to, to provide the product or the service that they're, that the company is there for, they don't want to deal with all these employee problems. So when I tell all my clients, like, you have to document everything. And if any conversation and anything, you have to always document. They're like, when, when am I right. like, who has time for this? Right. This is crazy. So what I tell them to do, well, you don't, there's no way around this. There's no easy fix. You have to document it. So what I tell my employer sometimes is look, you're always carrying your cell phone on you. Just talk text into right. your cell phone, make a note, you know, just have like a notepad on, on your phone and just make a note of it and just say on this date, I just talked to this employee because she, you know, did something really terrible in this, in the, her job performance. And, and I need to know, like, that's it. Right. And that, that's not, at least you could then convert that later on. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have any notes, I mean, I can't, if I, if I could even be able to quantify how many employers right. call me and they want to fire somebody and they start listing like 25 reasons why they want to fire them. It's been going on the last 10 years. I'm like, great, show me the personnel file. <laughs> right. And all you see in there is an I-9, right. which by the way, should not be in your personnel file. But okay. <laughs> that's a different topic. But all you have is like their employment application. Right. It's like, well, you know, that's hard because right. now it's just your word against their word. And, the, and if the you would have fired them all... 10 years ago, they wouldn't have been a protective class or not 10 years older. Yeah. Well, there you go. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I always found that. I first of all, I never listened to this advice, but the advice always is, you know, hire slow and fire fast, right? And <laughs> and I always did the opposite, right. always, always, and I just dodged several bullets in my career, no question about it. But You're I definitely, but I definitely used my calendar to. That's that was for me. That was the well, easy way to do it. That's not a bad idea. It was great because I, I, I could advising I could, just, that. I could just search by the person's first and last sure. name, and then they would all come up in chronological order. With some sort of notes. I mean, I may not have elaborated on them, but I might have just put enough notes that I could then build on. It'll jog your memory. Right. I have have several restaurant clients. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I don't know what the restaurant industry, like how this all got created. But they all do this thing where every day the general manager, at least in the three restaurant clients that I have in particular, every day the general manager takes notes. On um, yeah, on like the date, like what happened today, and it's awesome because then when they want to terminate, which restaurants are great clients because there's so much turnover, there's always issues, there's always employment issues. So when I when I they say okay, we're we're uh, terminating John Smith, I just do a Google or not a Google search, I search within their system, and it's like everything comes up. That's great. It's brilliant. Is that something they teach in restaurant management? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anybody to ask. No, I'm really curious. I yeah. think it's so smart. Because restaurants in particular, don't, they're not really set up for, I mean, I'm sitting at my computer. It's easy to just do a calendar entry. Right. Restaurant managers are not doing that. No, they're all over the place. Right. I know they're always on their feet. Right. right I right. know. Do you have a lot of other types of industries that are that you're specializing? Specialized? No, because we have so many different types of industries. Right. We have um, we have entertainment production clients. We have uh, we have a chocolate client. We have, um, I'm looking for a winery client, if you know anybody. <laughs> you know, you never know. Um, tell me about the entertainment. That's got to be the one that's got, causing all the problems with the with the um, independent contractors. Right? Are we going to talk about independent contractors? Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. Right. Okay, right. so, yes. So the reason I invited you here was yes. because... Oh, why? I thought just to drink wine of, with you. Uh, wine and <laughs> chit-chat, right. Yes, of right, course. Right. But... Um, 
a friend of mine is a is a software consultant to the entertainment business. Okay. All of his clients make uh, movie trailers. And he uh, designed a software for them to run their operations of their business, including HR. So he wrote me this clever letter, okay. which I wish he was here to read himself because he'd read it so much more funny than I will. But he wrote, hi, Joel, longtime listener, first time writer. <laughs> I'm a consultant specializing in the motion picture marketing sector. A recent batch of EED DOL audits has inspired my clients to understand and maintain compliance. I've spoken to many HR consultants and each one gives a slightly different answer and advice. And each one of them is steadfast that they are correct. So the question he has to do with is with sick time, with with um, the um, the break times, mm-hmm. uh, so w- wage and hour stuff, okay, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then also um, about the accrual for um, vacation and how that works with being an independent contractor. Okay. Wow. So it's like <laughs> I, when he wrote this whole letter. Uh, it's it's by the way, it's like two pages long. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He brought in uh, the advice from the different HR consultants that contradict each other. Okay. As well. And he brought in all kinds of stuff, but but really, he it's there, is there only one answer, or are there multiple answers? You know, it's interesting with wage and hour. It's such a non sexy area of law because it's so formulaic. Right. Yeah. So I love sexual harassment and discrimination cases because mm-hmm. it's just it's so fun to argue, and you can make you know so many creative arguments for it. Wage and hour is so black and white. It is what it is. It is what it is. So why so, is there confusion? There should not be confusion. Is it a moving <laughs> target? Has have the laws changed in the last six months or a year? Uh, as far as sick and no, I mean, the law, there was a big change in the law in 2015 or 2016. Okay. Yeah, July 1st, I think it's 2015. That's where you got six days. Correct. The- well, it's not so six, six sick days. That's for city of Los Angeles. I see. But um, California is three. It's uh, 24 hours of sick. I see. So, yeah, I mean, we can talk about this, but it's you're going to lose a lot of listeners. <laughs> it's, it's really not interesting. So what? <laughs> so 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 maybe um, let's let's talk a little bit about contractors. OK, right? okay that's way more quick. interesting. Yeah. So what what makes a contractor a contractor? Uh, or what excludes a contractor from being a contractor? OK, so so the history of how you know, okay, I'm just going to get details. Just, yeah. <laughs> just cut me you off. If the, it gets really you boring. Know what the really cool thing is that you can edit me you out. Can edit everything. <laughs> <laughs> so. What will end up happening, I have this feeling, is we'll edit all of me out <laughs> and just, and just, I feel like add, the next sentence keep is, your, like all the laughter. It's going to, yeah, there you go. It's just going to, the next sentence that we hear is going to be, thank you so much, Renee, for your time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was if, really great. If you want to reach out to Renee. <laughs> yeah, here's my number. Okay. So it's, I find this fascinating. So what, before you go, okay. so did you know we're sponsored? No, by who? We're sponsored by this really cool company called Mercury Document Imaging. I, you know what? I have their copier. Do you? It, no, it's okay. I'm actually really saying this, not because you just said that. <laughs> it is the most amazing copier. Is it? Yeah, I sw- I'm what literally not just saying that. What happens when you push the green button? It goes. It goes. <laughs> yeah, but my last copier it's did fantastic. not go. <laughs> no, I actually, we, that gives me a lot of joy. So that's my company. I know. I'm I proud started. of you. <laughs> it's I, awesome. I appreciate your business very much. Uh, and, um, and also, I have a producer. Did you know that? No. Uh, is that your... Is that Mr. Charlie? It is Mr. Thrive. Mr. Thrive. Oh, Mr. Thrive. Mr. Thrive Media, yes. Okay. Has a similar last name to mine. Charlie Volk, <laughs> my producer. Such a weird That's coincidence. Right. It is a weird coincidence. <laughs> but actually, you know, it's funny because uh, uh, this is a whole new experience for me, as you can tell, and everybody who is listening might be able to tell. But it's been a pleasure working. <laughs> when you see your son do something professionally, act professionally, he's been teaching me how to do this. He's really talented, and it's just like a joy. It's no, a, it's a I, you joy know to see your, your child become an adult and then then carry himself professionally. So 
Um, I did not, you know, I did not know what experience I would have working with them, but it's been a pleasure. That's awesome. I hope it stays like that. Yeah. Because right now when my son folds his jeans, I'm beyond proud. <laughs> so the yeah. thought of him actually making yeah. a living. Is... I don't think my son ever folded his jeans in his life. That's so, hopeful so, then. Because I'm losing hope in my 13-year-old. <laughs> I wonder if he edits that out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. We'll find out. <laughs> so anyway, I interrupted you. No, it's okay. Because I want to I I make sure people know how to get a hold of you. And I want to make sure that the sponsor is a real sponsor. So I want to make sure the sponsor gets their due. And, uh, but I want well, to, it, but you know, I it is a great, it is a great product. I will tell you that. I appreciate truly, it. Thank truly. You. So in 1985, there was a lawsuit, a California Supreme Court ruling called Borello, which laid out about 20, 22 factors for how to determine if it, a worker is an independent contractor. And that's what we used for the last, I don't do math, but 30 years. Is that 9505? Okay, so th- okay. So that many years. Right. And then there was this big monkey wrench that got thrown into this uh, in uh, April 30th of 2018. And that was a lawsuit called Dynamics, which came down from the California Supreme Court. And that turned the 20-something point test into a three-letter test, ABC test. And that changed the whole nature and way that you classify a worker as an independent contractor. Now, when it was a 20-point test, it was really confusing. It would be like a preponderance of those 20 points. So... You know what's cool about 20 points is you can argue it. Right. You know, it's like you can fit. And I mean, really, somebody wants to be an independent contractor. For the most part, you can figure out how to make them an independent contractor. Okay. There was so much wiggle room. That's been completely it's eliminated. It's gone. it's gone. It's really gone. And so this ABT, ABC test was so stringent. And so the A and the C were very similar. It all comes down to authority. You know, how much authority the person has, how much discretion. You know, are they making their own hours? Um how much they have to report to you as the employer. It was like those types of things. Are they incorporated? Do they work for many employers? That was A and C. The B test is the B letter um, is the killer. So that what B says is that if the worker is in the same hiring entity or in the same industry Industry. as in the same industry as the hiring entity, then they are not an independent contractor. And that's crazy town because very, very few people when they come, you know, as a worker, they're usually in the same industry. And so unless you're talking about like, you know, a, a marketing person or a plumber that comes into your business, um, it, well, marketing, that's a whole other issue. I shouldn't have said that. But if you can find something that is has nothing to do with the industry itself, then you can still call them an independent contractor. So I'm a I'm a painting contractor and right. I'm a small business. Uh-huh. And so I, 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 I hire contractors as I get jobs and mm-hmm. I let them go when the jobs are done. Right. And so I'm selling painting and I'm hiring painters. Right. In the old days, I would be able to call them contractors sure. because they didn't work for me exclusively. They didn't work for me full time. Right. I could let them work independently. But now because they're in the same business that I'm in, correct. they're now employees. Absolutely. That's correct, right? That is 100% so correct. So now, but if I own a a you know television repair shop or the television repair shop no and, and i hire and i hire <laughs> a, and exist. i hire and i hire a painter like that person's a contract correct so just just so no, that that's that was i might hire you except in for my the law firm. television <laughs> part <laughs> no right, exactly that's a little antiquated but you know that yeah. that's an exactly perfect that's a perfect analogy so that means that somebody in the gig economy cannot be an independent contractor i wouldn't make that blanket of a statement but typically i mean if you are a courier yeah, for, which was the dynamics. Exa- that's exactly right. Code. Yeah, it was right. it was a career case. So, so now, so okay, so dynamics was a California Supreme Court ruling, and then Gavin Newsom, our governor, 
uh, in September, uh, he passed AB5. He signed into legislation AB5. AB5 is a codification of dynamics, right? So now that's become the law. And and AB5 is, is it's, it's so fascinating. Me and my two partners, Alexis and Laura, we, every time we get a call for this, which has been, and I mean, countless, countless calls about this, we still have to go into our notes. And we always laugh that every time we go into our notes, like the 16 page law, we're still finding new stuff in really? there. It is so unbelievably complicated. So what AB5 did is it, it did carve out many, 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 many exceptions. Oh, it did? Yes, absolutely. Because ABC was just ABC. Are the exceptions that make sense, like, for instance, uh, real estate people? Well, real estate people always had an exception. They did. Yeah, that's the that was the one statutory that, exception right. for dynamics. Yes. What about entertainment? So no, no, so, it's it's crazy. So really? yes, because like the makeup artists and the costume designers that were always historically independent contractors. Right. So now um, they're in this. I mean, that you can't have a movie or a television show without you know the proper makeup and and clothing. So that's part of the industry. And so, no, they have to be employed. But having said that, m most entertainment companies are still doing it this way. Right. So there are a lot of companies that are just kind of like rolling the dice. Is that going to just cause more work for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, potentially, of course. You so know, if because... I'm not paying my taxes, if, if I'm not paying my payroll taxes, right? Who, who's responsible to pay them? Well, no. So the payroll, if you're an independent contractor, that's the whole, that's the, that is the exact reason why uh, Dynamics was was uh, was in the California Supreme Court, and that's why this is such an issue. Is because California was losing seven billion dollars a year in payroll taxes. So that's exactly I mean, you just went to the heart of the issue. I know. I mean, I it's when I first heard about uh, Dynamics when it first came out, I was like, well, you know, before I really understood the implications of right. it, I'm like, you know, so many workers are being screwed because they should get overtime and they should get you know, vacation days and sick days and all of these things that come with being an employee, the benefits of being an employee. So I understood it. But the, the, first of all, the reality is most people want to be independent contractors. It's a little deceptive because they get this big fat paycheck. But right. at tax time, they end up getting, you know, seriously taxed for self-employment tax and all of that. But then they write off everything. They, it's Whether absolutely. It's There's a lot of or not, correct. They write off everything. Correct. Yeah. But still, um, you know, when you but when you have the payroll taxes come out, I mean, it can increase the cost of a business by 20%. Right. So it's substantial. Right. Yeah. So AB5 has all these exceptions, but it's, there's professional exam. I mean, even doctors, in when when it was dynamics, doctors all had to be employees. No doctors are employees. They're all independent contractors right. of these hospitals. Right. So that was crazy. In fact, don't they all have LLCs? Or yes. Something? They, they structure corporations to be the to be the vendor for the hospital right absolutely so, which is the inter entertainment world also right all these loan out companies and they're all you know incorporated and so they think that's the workaround right but th it, that is absolutely not going to get it's not going to get no, it done no. yeah, i've heard that before when i've spoken to people and said i think you gotta i don't think you're in compliance they go no we've got a corporation i, go, ah, I don't think it's gonna i work. know that's that's what i, I if i had yeah if you, i had a nickel right <laughs> but, but you know what you the, be able to afford a television repair shop right <laughs> <laughs> Get your TV repair. <laughs> repairs me. Just buy a new one. I feel so lame. Uh, that, that example. <laughs> At least you didn't say a fax machine repair. Yes. <laughs> Nobody uses that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, a lot of people are just choosing to roll the dice and not get into compliance. And, and they just want to see, you know, what happens. But, you know, I'm dealing like right now, I'm dealing with a issue just like that with a client. And they said, you know what? Like, what's going to happen? 
well, it's a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, it's seriously a nightmare because you think you're saving all this money by keeping them as independent contractors, but the labor board will, will go crazy with the penalties and liquidated damages and waiting time, you know, penalties. It just, it's endless. It is endless. And it's statutory, correct? Mm -hmm. so, oh yeah. So no, it's not no... open to interpretation. So, okay. So yes. However, if you go in with an attorney, but now you're having to pay an attorney to go there. Right. You don't need an attorney, but right. it's advisable. Right. You go in with an attorney and, um, you're paying for those attorney's fees. And but if you do that, at least you can make some sort of good faith argument. If, in fact, there is good. If you're just saying, well, I didn't think I'd get caught. You know, that's obvious. But if you say, well, now I'm working with an employment lawyer and I understand that the law has changed and I didn't realize it, you can maybe try to get. But some... now but this is this is only a year since it really was enacted. Correct. Well, right. it's been a year. It's it's been a year and a half. It'll be almost two years in May. Right. Uh, or April 30th. But AB5 is brand new. I mean, right. it just came in. It just went into effect. What happens if. Okay, so I, I'm a production company and I've got, you know, 300 employees on my books, but one of them, you know, one of them takes me to the labor board. Mm -hmm. Do, does the labor board then go after my other 299 employees? No, not necessarily, um, but I mean, it certainly could trigger a really large company-wide audit. Right, and then so you could go be destroyed by that. You could absolutely be destroyed. Have you seen that happen? Um, you know, it's funny. On Friday, I had a client come into my office and she has an independent contractor. And so she's like, you know, I know that she should probably be an employee. And when she explained this to me, I'm like, no, no, like 100% this has to be an employee. But this woman happens to have so much money, right. so much money that she's like, okay, tell me exactly what it's going to cost if we get caught. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I can tell you. So we went through it. I go, it goes back three years. You know, if it's like malicious, wanton, it goes back four years. Right. And you could just go into like how much overtime she would have, you know, been right. receiving. How many meal breaks did she miss? How right. many rest periods? And you just go through it. And, and that's that's the actual quantitative number. And she's like, all right, so this will cost me, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, fine. But you know, how many people are in that situation? Everybody else can go out of business. Of course, that, right? of course. I mean, that's right. that's unbelievably unusual. Right, right. So. And if she's cheating on that, what else is she cheating on? <laughs> that's a whole other right? issue. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't so judge. This is a very, no, no, no I, don't, I don't mean it that way. I just mean that that the business practice of, of trying to cheat constantly. Right. Eventually, you've got it, it's it a house of cards. It will it catch not? up to you. It will catch up right. to you. Right. You yeah. can't. It's not going to. I mean, what you need to do, and it, some of us never learn this, but you, what you need to do is start moving yourself towards being legitimate. Right. As quick as, I think as, quick so. as possible. Right? I think so. Right. I think it's a much healthier way to, to have a company. To sleep at night better. Of course. Of course. And by the way, you take back some of that power over your staff. Because if I know that I've been doing it wrong and my staff, all they have to do is go to the labor board and triggers this gigantic thing, uh, I'm not going to fire that guy. I know. He's got a lot of power over it's me. It's true. It's true. But you know, like, first of all, it's amazing how, how many employers tell me, no, this guy, he would never, he would oh. never see me. He's family. Right. He's family to me. Right. I'm telling you not to sound jaded because I'm really not a jaded person, but those are the people that sue. Right. It's unbelievable I, to me. I believe, I believe that 100%. It's true. I believe that 100%. It's I've seen true. it seen it with lots of my friends in business over the years. <laughs> I always feel bad. And they're like, no, no. Wood. <laughs> yeah, knock wood. <laughs> but I, I, always, I always feel bad because yeah. you know, they're like, no, no, this person. And then when they do sue, it's like devastating. Right. It's like, right. it's emotional. Right. 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 Interesting. Yeah. So we got to talk about Phil's thing. Okay. 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 You... All right. Let me talk about Phil. Yes. So, all right, Phil, if you're listening. Um, okay. I have your email printed out here. Here is the deal. I'm going to just go through this. I'm going to go through this somewhat quickly. I talk fast, um, but this is just not interesting enough to talk, <laughs> to slow myself <laughs> down for. So the rules are, Phil, <laughs> anybody else? And anybody who, else who cares. Who cares about sick time. Um <laughs> So sick days are accrued. If you if you do accrual, you could do front loading or you could do accrual. If you do front loading, they just they get their uh, you know twenty four hours. 
different municipalities have different amounts of hours available to them. Santa Monica, if you're a company of 20 six or more, you have uh, nine days, which is tremendous. That's 72 hours. It's a lot. Um, other other Emeryville, uh, Berkeley, Cupertino, they all have their own sick days, Sacramento. Um, so I think, no, not Pasadena. I just looked into that the other the other day. So it's what, but typically you have to figure out what city you're in. So city of Los Angeles is six days. That's, that's a uh, municipal code. So what happens if a company has a, a location in Los Angeles and they happen to have another location in Santa Monica? Should they just standardize on whatever's greater? So it's interesting because I actually have a I have a client that has employees in every single city that has their own sick sick policy. What a nightmare! Literally a nightmare. Doing their handbook is <laughs> a nightmare <laughs> because I'm seeing they're going through every single city. I mean, each city is like two right. pages of of sick time notes, so right. it's the longest handbook I've ever created. But yeah, so sorry that I must have hated that. <laughs> yeah, handbooks are super fun to do. <laughs> I do a lot of them. So. Um, so yeah, so what what the the rules are? It's it's where the employees work. So this guy that I that my client, he's like, I can't keep track of all this. Right. That. So what he's doing is he's just giving nine. But the way to really handle this, nine. well, because that's the, that's, that's the, max. the maximum. But what I suggest is just throw it all into PTO. So so that's that's kind of the trend. Um, I'm trying to make this more interesting, but that is the trend. It, it, instead of doing sick and vacation separately, right, you just one. do PTO. Right. And so if you do PTO, you can you can do nine days as long as you're doing the minimum. You only right. the only require you don't have to give vacation. People ask me this all the time: Do I have to give vacation? Absolutely not. Right. You don't have to give holidays. Right. You have to give sick. Right. So um, so as long as you're covering the sick days, so do nine sick days, right. and, so, nine days, and make that PTO. Right. And so that that is one way to handle. That is actually how he's handling right. it. But there's different ways to handle that. What industry is he in? He. It's an interesting company. They're an athletic company, and they have um, they have uh, physical therapists that all like uh, for all the professional sports teams uh-huh. and high school sports teams and the high school college. Right, it goes it runs the whole gamut. But so they were all independent contractors. Right. He had like 180 independent contractors. So I helped him convert them all to employees. And how much did that cost? You? You mean how many were how much were my fees? No, no, no. <laughs> that's first. Pers- yeah, no, but, I mean, what was the difference in his? Oh, it's it's huge in his payroll. Well, in you his know, total... it's, it's actually really interesting because it it's a, it may not be. No, it, it was. It, it was. was significant. It's significant. I mean, just having to pay sick days is right. significant, and then having times to pay one hundred eighty. Yeah, nine, I, nine days times one hundred eighty. It's a lot. Right. Plus, not that everyone's going to take their sick days, and actually, interestingly, he has a lot because. This is actually really interesting. So his physical therapist, some of them would work, you know, like one day for like the six months. Right. And well, so if you're accruing PTO, you're not going to accrue anything. Right. So in the end of the day, you're actually not paying anything. Right. So that's kind of a workaround, but right. it's legitimate, you know, because right. you're only accruing one for every 30 hours their work. So if right. they worked seven hours in six months, 14 hours in a year, right. they haven't accrued anything. Right, right, right. So that, that's one good thing. But you're also, with the problem with him especially is mileage. Because you have to pay mileage for employees, right? And you know that he wasn't doing that for. No, you don't have to. Right, you don't part, have to. Right. They would deduct the car expense. Right. So no, so now he's paying fifty. It's now the IRS mileage rate. Just FYI, went down this year. It never goes down. But it's fifty-seven point five cents a mile. Right. But that adds up. So if a company, if if, if it's fifty, let me just round it. It's fifty-seven cents a mile, and if a company reimburses forty-three cents a mile, mm-hmm. then the employee can then deduct the thirteen cent difference, or they ha- or does the, does the company have to pay the 57 that's cents. the minimum that's the minimum they have to pay oh yeah that's not that's not so negotiable. that's not a negotiable thing. oh no okay. no and in fact so i think years ago it used to be okay well i don't know I think about years ago. okay but no but that, so this is a new one for me <laughs> okay. I, didn't, I didn't know that okay okay yeah no you have to pay the 57.5 oh cents. wow and don't dock the 0.5 cents right right <laughs> if you're gonna, yeah. if you're gonna round, round, ra- up, round, round down 
your round down. I only rounded because you made me drink this wine, and I can't remember the <laughs> decimal point. I made you drink the wine. Um, yeah. Peer, peer pressure here <laughs> at smallbizcast.com. <laughs> so, yeah. So, th- so that's the way you would handle that is just uh, – just just do PTO so f- as far as sick time. But going on. Phil. Phil. Mr. Phil. Let's see. What else were you asking? Um, so rolling over. So sick time. So, sick, so you do you do roll over. So as long as you meet, you reach the maximum amount. Right. So let's say you have 24 hours because that's Los Angeles or that's California. Sorry. Los right. Angeles is 48 hours. So let's say you, you get to 48 hours. You live in the city. Of, you're working in the city of L.A. And then you haven't, your employee is never sick. It's like a miracle. Right. And so they have 48 hours at the end of the year. It does not roll over. It does roll over. It does. It, accrual rolls over. Front load, it just, you front load it every year at the beginning. But accrual does roll over, but you can cap it. So it's not endless. And oh, same, that's right. Same thing for vacation time too. Um, you know, vacation is wages. So you mm-hmm. can't, that's like accrued wages. Sick time is not wage. You don't pay out sick time. Right. You pay out vacation. So, um, so then once they've hit their max, their cap, then they're not accruing anymore. So that's that's how it works. I think Phil, <laughs> I think you're making this a little more complicated than it is. Well, if you know Phil, that's not unusual. It, but is Phil it, an overanalyzer? But you know what? Because he's very thorough <laughs> and oh, he's uh, very good at what he does. But, right. But he wants. And, and my guess is some of this contradictory information is because somebody's in Santa Monica and someone's in Hollywood. That's possible. In L.A. because that's where his clients are. They're sure. all they're all over the where the where the entertainment industry is. Of course. So that's where they are. So. Of course. Um, yeah, so I mean that's really the the gist of sick, and then moving forward, Phil. Phil, <laughs> podcast for one. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have more than one listener. So you have to give a lunch break at the end of the fifth hour. This is this right. actually gets so confusing for employers. It's it's amazing. So if your shift starts at eight a.m., so the end of the fifth hour is twelve fifty nine p.m. Right. right. So stop right there. So my wife yes. is a dental hygienist. Okay. Every dentist she works for thinks they're exempt from this. Can you just say yes or no whether these dentists are exempt from this? No profession is exempt from it. You could have an exempt employee. A hygienist, I assure you, is not an exempt employee. Right. So, all right, go ahead. <laughs> so Sorry. she doesn't get to eat? No, but I mean, she has one job that they it's, she works six hours straight. What's the dental practice? It's, I'm not going to say that, <laughs> but you might have to defend them. Or, <laughs> But she she has she has one job that she works six hours straight and she doesn't get a break. Is that right? Yeah. And every time and she comes home and she says, oh, "Listen, it, I like the six hours because okay. I get done and fast." Then she's out. But she's tired. Of course. And she goes, I, "Sometimes I'm just exhausted." Did she go, get her ten minute break at least? No. <gasps> I think I I I should qualify that. I don't think so. I think it's one after the other. Can we get Lori on the line. Let's get her on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> now, now here's the thing. Everybody, I'm going to just, this will be a test whether my wife actually listens to this podcast or not, because I'm not going to tell her that we have this discussion and we'll see if she if, mentions if she's, it. Yeah, if yes, she's actually I'll, listened this I'll, far into I'll the program. You know, I'll let you know in April. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a few months. No, so she is, the, her her employer is completely out of compliance. Right. Yeah. So we're going to do a, a random EDD audit. On yes. The, yeah, right. for sure. So you can waive. The lunch period, if your shift is not more than six hours. Gotcha. Okay, but if she's not, but you have to actually have. So he asked that. Phil asked that. So you could actually have somebody sign a, a waiver. A, a waiver, correct. And you and if you know that this is going to be like, a, okay, so for example, in the restaurant industry, right. they are on their feet. There, it's just constant. So they have the most restaurants keep a waiver in in the personnel file, but you have to make sure to tell the employee that they can revoke the waiver at any point. So I mean, l- lunch 
and rest periods and overtime, all these wage and hour rules are like sacred. Right. Like, pay, like everything with employees are sacred in California. Right. We are so pro-employee in the state right. of California. And why is that? Well, it's a very liberal state. Well, I was going to say because in the past it's been abused. Employers have the power of the purse. Right. And they abuse. The yeah, but you can say that right? about every state in the country. I'm sure that's true. Yeah, but most states are not. Well, you know what's interesting? I always thought California was so nuts when it comes to being so employee friendly. Right. But then I found out Illinois and I believe New York. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on New York. You can quote me on Illinois. For sexual harassment training, because in California, it just changed to five employees or more, right. which is important to know. Right. By the end of this year, you have to have the training. Do you know anybody that does the training? Uh, you know, I think WorkWise Law. Do they? Yeah, they do a really Are good job. Are they Calabasas? They're, oh, yes. Are you aware? Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> we do. But we do tons of sexual harassment right. training, which I, I love to do. Now you do sexual has- harassment. Prevention. prevention. Oh, my gosh. This has become such a <laughs> huge issue. I don't sexually harass. You have to pay a lot more. <laughs> An exorbitant amount. It might be worth it, it but possibly. probably shouldn't do it. No, no. Okay. No, but no, we do the prevention. How right. not to sexually harass your employees. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so all employees have to have it if you're, it used to be just supervisors and managers of companies 50 or more, and now it's right. five or more and everybody has to have and it. And managers have to take a bigger training course. It's a second hour. It's an additional right. second hour. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I took it. Did you? I did. Oh, right. I did. But it wasn't nearly. I mean, I have to say, I think there's different levels, different quality levels. Mm -hmm. And my guess is that we did not use the highest priced one in the. (laughs) So you did not use WorkWise Law is what I'm gathering. We didn't. I tried. I I tried very hard, but I did not. was not successful in getting you there. But there's always two years from now. Right. I'm holding on hope. Okay, it's a deal. (laughs) Yeah. So. So, yeah. So California is nuts, but Illinois, it's only one employee. Which is, that's crazy. Now, does California, the starting point, ground zero for a lot of these changes and they go to other states once California adopts you know, it or no? I don't know because it's interesting. The dynamics, the the three-part test was modeled after Massachusetts. Oh, interesting. Shocking. And I think New York adopted it, correct? A lot of Northeastern states adopted it. It's right. actually because of the capturing of these payroll taxes, it's it's catching a lot of, of wind. And so I think all of the states in the country will probably follow suit at some right. point. Yeah. So by the time these states uh, make marijuana legal and capture all the payroll taxes, there should be no problems no. Th- anymore. No, there'll be world peace. That's good. <laughs> yeah, sounds like you're in a good profession. <laughs> marijuana is an interesting topic. Yeah? Yeah. Because it's still, you know, against the law federally. Federally, But right. it's it's not against the law in California. And that comes up all the time. Are employees that work for marijuana dispensaries, are they at risk of being arrested? Uh, federally? Yes. You know what? I don't know. We should call Doug Ridley. We should. <laughs> interesting. We should. Yeah. yeah. I only know the employment implications. Yeah. But what's interesting is that, you know, you think, okay, well, it's legal. So you can take, you know, you can do it. But alcohol is legal if you're over 21 and you can't come into your office drunk. Right. So you can't come into your office high either. Right. I, in fact, I just got a call last week from a client who um, an employee was, and what happened was an employee got injured on the job. And like really hurt his ankle. And so the employer said, oh, you know, do you want to go to the urgent care? Because, you know, you're obviously in pain. And, and he said, yes. Well, in the policy, you know, whenever because you want to protect yourself with all these crazy rampant workers comp lawsuits. So if you have drugs in your system, you know, you can require in your policy that they will drug test you as soon as you go into the hospital for a worker for, for a potential workers. Comp oh, claim. Interesting. Very interesting, which is why so many employees end up refusing medical treatment because they don't want to get right. found positive for drugs. So this guy, who's one of his best employees, went into the urgent care, got a uh, drug test, and he came back positive for marijuana. 
Well, when the employer found this out, he called me freaking out. He's like, I don't want to let this go guy let this guy go. I love this guy, right. but I don't know what to do. Cause, and it's like, he drives for the business. Like it's a big deal. Sure. So, well, it turns out, so I said, let's do like a, a mini investigation and get some information. So he had done drugs back in December and this happened last week. So and it's dangerous system. That it's, that's what's so scary about marijuana. Right. It's really scary. So that makes it very hard to make it a standard. Then. Right. Well, for Mar yes, it is. Right. So, but, but then there's like objective, there's objective tests. Um, about to determine whether somebody is actually under the influence. But he was not under the influence while he was working, clearly. And um, and there was no evidence to suggest that he was. So I said, just keep him off for a week, have him retested. If it comes back negative, then bring him back on. So that's what they did. That's really scary. I know. It is scary. Yeah. It is scary. So are companies changing their policies regarding marijuana? No. I mean, the only real change is that if somebody, if, if, if you find out that somebody is under the influence of marijuana, the big issue is if they have a medical marijuana card. Right. Because then now you're walking into a disability discrimination lawsuit, potentially, because if they are taking marijuana to help with some ailment that they have a legitimate disability and you fire them for that, like, you know, you need a lawyer. So what's the number one mistake employers make, employers make mm -hmm. with their employees? Wow. Gosh, that's a really hard question. There really? are, yeah, because there's so many. There's so many. Um, okay, I'm gonna give you a trick. Like this is like two minutes left. Okay, all right. So here's gonna you be got my two hours my... if you want. You can come back. <laughs> that's well, sweet. This can go on. I can go on. You're great. You're Thank awesome. you. Oh, that's sweet, Joel. I'm just grunting. Um. So the probably the number one mistake is. If you validate your employees, this sounds so stupid, but if you do, people want validation. Right. As much as like money is so incentivizing when you work, of course, mm -hmm. you know, you have to, you have to make money. It's the, people want to feel valued. Mm -hmm. So I tell this to everybody, and this is like a, a plaintiff's lawyer, a former plaintiff's lawyer's trick mm -hmm. is if you make people feel valued and cared about and you validate them and tell them that, you know, that, you know, their complaints are not silly and that they're actually being taken seriously and we're going to do something about it. Those are not the people that sue you. Right. It's the people that, yeah. And even if you are, you know, constantly giving them pay raises and and um, you think you're doing everything by mm -hmm. the book, as soon as somebody comes in with any type of complaint and you just dismiss it, you're just you're asking for trouble. I recently read an article that that um, employee reviews is really more damaging than than they are is constructive. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense to me. I know that every time I ever did a, a employee review, it would start out with. You know, everything I, I want to start with the positive stuff and the stuff we agree on. Then a little bit, we'll talk about the stuff that needs some improvement. And I think what they would hear is blah, 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 blah. You did a bad job. OK. And so I and, and I tried very hard validation. You, when you're telling that story, you reminded me of my first job when I was like uh, 15 years old working under the table. It might have been illegal um, for a tropical fish store. And my boss, Eddie, was an older man. <laughs> and I remember him. I was just this dumb shit kid. And I remember him walking me around and showing me what, what all the plans were and saying, what do you think about this? And asking my opinion. And I have to tell you something. It made me, number one, really feel like I was appreciated as an employee making uh, $2 an hour. <laughs> right. and, and number two, um, it taught me how to treat people, too. Right. Uh, employees also. And so I, I so. When you when you ask their opinion and you you should really mean it you shouldn't you shouldn't have them working for you if you don't value them first of all mm -hmm. so you should show them the value in the way you dis in the way you discuss things with them and talk to them it's it's a huge it's a huge relationship builder and then those are the people who typically have your back and I think maybe that maybe that's one reason I never got sued could that be maybe I think hopefully. it's because you're so sweet. Oh. <laughs> 
But you know, I I just I have any to, of my former employees are listening. They're they, going, well, they all you agree. don't know that Joel that I knew. <laughs> you were never you were never my boss. I I do think that performance evaluations have a lot of value. I think the problem with performance evaluations is that it's really hard for people. As much as they get so upset with their employees and they have all these horrible things to say about them, when you're looking at somebody eye yeah. to eye, it's really hard to be like, here, let me tell you why you suck. Here's all the re- all your weaknesses. It's so much easier to be like. You're great. We love you. But, you know, maybe if you could just do this a little better. And then you just put like, you know, exceeds expectations all over the performance evaluation. And then when the plaintiff's lawyer looks at the personnel file and they see that, and now you're trying to make an argument that you fired them because they have poor performance and the performance evaluations all exceed it. Yeah. I mean, you just completely created the argument for the plaintiff's lawyer. Can I fire somebody because they have piercings? Yeah. There's no protected class for piercings or tattoos. Tattoos? Yes. There isn't? No. Gotcha. No. That is not a protected class. Interesting. Yes. Can I, what if somebody gets a tattoo in a really, you know, obvious place? Yeah. On their face and they're interfacing with so clients. So you can then fire them yeah, on the spot? Yeah, absolutely. So do you have to have that in your policy manual? You should. Okay. You should. I usually say, you know, tattoos have to be covered. Right. I mean, this day and age, if you say no tattoos, you're going to like eliminate your entire employee pool. Right. Everybody has yeah. a tattoo. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I've been places, restaurants in particular, and you see somebody wearing a Band-Aid over their nose. For right. Like, and it's like, I want to know what sore has never heals. <laughs> I'd rather see your piercing. Like I saw that weeks ago. But, but then if the, the only caveat is if that tattoo has some religious meaning oh, right. or something about their race or, you know, then I, so you might want to question them before you actually fire them. But if it's just a tattoo that says mom, you know, across their forehead and they're meeting with clients daily. Absolutely. It might just be wow upside down. There's no protected class for no? wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> this is great thank you so much Thanks, for taking Joel. the time you're my awesome. pleasure uh phil if i didn't answer your questions 818-591-6724 you read my mind <laughs> you can call me anytime that's great well thanks so much thanks, you're awesome Joel. if you want to reach out to renee noy contact workwise law pc www.workwiselaw.com at 818-591-6724 mention small bizcast please And I want to thank you for listening to the Small BizCast. You can follow us by giving us a like on both our Facebook and our Instagram pages at Small BizCast. And if you have business questions or are thinking about sponsoring our show, please check out our website, smallbizcast.com, or email me at jv at jovopro.com. Thank you. And next on Small BizCast is my buddy, Bill Salibi. Bill wrote the book on networking called Connecting Key Network Tips. I think you'll enjoy the conversation that Bill and I share. We laugh like hell while we talk about the do's and don'ts of networking, tell a bunch of stories, and just have a good old time. Here's a sneak peek. Any, uh, what about dress? What about how you present yourself walking the door? I think the dirtier, the better. (laughs) I think what you want to do is you want to rub, you want to rub (laughs) crud. No, I, I, I think. So the, the car mechanic that goes to the chamber of commerce meeting, he should have like greasy hands and shake. Right, you got it. Yeah. Yes. Then they know that he's really, he's really repairing. The, he's not afraid to get dirty. He's not afraid to get dirty.